Hi there, and thank you so much for tuning in to Asking for a Friend, a podcast that covers all those topics relating to sex, intimacy, and relationships that you might feel a little too embarrassed to ask about. I'm your host, Katrina Buffard, and I'm a clinical sexologist, psychotherapist, and sexuality researcher. Just a warning, this podcast may contain conversations of a sexual nature, and so if there are little ones around, it's best for you to turn off and listen later. This episode is sponsored by Desire, South Africa's leading sexual health and wellness store. Very sneaky little discount. Stay tuned to the end of the episode. Today, I'm chatting to my friend Hayden Elliott. Hayden co-owns and runs the most successful F45 gyms in London and hosts the podcast, The Inspiration Space. He's got an unwavering passion for how to optimize health, fitness, and mindset. And so in this discussion, we delve into the toll that depression and burnout can have on a man's mental and sexual health. Finally, we get to chat on my podcast. Uh, Somebody who's just so cool and has such a great way of sharing your own experiences, normalizing things that we often don't talk about. And it's just so good with banter. So, I mean, I'm so excited to, to have this discussion with you. <laughs> Absolutely. Great to see you. Great, great. I'm looking forward to getting stuck in. Always love having a good chat with you. So, you know, it's pleasure's all mine. I always feel excited when we get to chat. We always tend to have really interesting conversations and um, I feel so, so privileged, I guess, that, that you featured me on your podcast so many times. I I, it's really cool that that, that that's taken place. Um, and I'll obviously link your podcast into the show notes so people can go and find it because you've had such interesting conversations with such interesting guests on there. And I guess for me, I actually want to know first and foremost, like what got you into the inspiration space and podcasting? Because I think that podcasting can be based, you know, it can be a really factual space. It can be a space full of feelings. It can be a space to educate. It can be a space to discuss and normalize. There's so much possibility when it comes to podcasting. Yeah, absolutely. I think my, my podcast journey is when I got into it in time, I think it was like 2016, 2017, I started thinking of the idea to get into it. You know, it, it was relatively new, like podcasting has become massively saturated over the last sort of three, four years. And all the, you know, I love, I always love listening to podcasts and, and the ones I listen to about self-development, whether it be fitness, uh, you know, mindset, whatever it may be. But, but there was nobody I felt that was coming at it from a sort of empathetic sort of, I haven't figured it out angle. And at the time I was going through my early 20s, which was an extremely difficult, difficult time for me. I, I struggled with some mental health difficulties. And I basically used it as a vehicle to express to people that I had no idea where I was going with my life. I had passions in certain fields. Um, and I wanted to use it as a, as a platform to express that and reach out to people that had a better idea of of what they were doing in their lives and had, you know, real purposes and had done some amazing things so that I could learn off the back of it and kind of inspire other people to realize it's okay not to, to, to have everything figured out, think you're the best and, and kind of let that vulnerability come across to, to make people comfortable that, you know, life is a journey and you're going to have ups and downs and, and, and 
it's the way you approach it. And, and I approached life at that point, and I, I still do, so, you know, reaching out and I, I'm most inspired and I, I connect with other people and learn and, and uh, develop through, through, you know, the information they can give us. So, you know, I started that, I launched it in 2017. I've, I've got, I've, I've I'm up to about 113 episodes now. Um, I've just chatted before this, you know, I've, I've kind of taken my foot off the pedal a little bit with everything that's going on with my with my business. So I, I own two gyms in, in central London, which I actually managed to open through meeting someone through my early stages of the podcast. I'm sure we'll touch on the ins and outs of that at some point. Um, but, you know, now the podcast has taken a new direction because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be running it alongside my 79 year old father who's you know, my hero and he's, he's my biggest influence today and he's he's a he's 60 he's had 60 years in show business and he's met some incredible people and we're going to start doing it together so i mean for me this podcast is about my journey uh it's it's a it's really it's just a very authentic natural not trying to hide or try and suggest that i have all the answers because i very much don't and it's 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 the way that I think that people should approach life by learning and, and having fun and enjoying it and being passionate about what they're interested in and being 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 as open as they can. Hopefully, that answers your question. <laughs> it, it it has, and the word that really stuck out for me was authentic because when I listened to your podcast before before being featured on it, as I said, which was such a privilege and so much fun, I, I really got that. Three times crazy. I mean, I'm hoping for the same record for you, if not more, on mine. Let's see how we go. Um, I'm going to have to get you involved in, say, the BDSM world and and some dominatrix stuff in order to get you talking some really interesting topics. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so, but the word you you know the word that really really stuck out for me there was authentic because you are a very charismatic guy. And you're a guy's guy, you know, in the in the in the traditional sense of masculinity. And you also the business you're in is is quite a masculine uh, business. You know, the the fitness industry, gyms, it's 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 always been in the past deemed a masculine business, so to speak. But you've got such an authentic presence, I suppose, on your on your podcasts and on you know in real life. You're not af afraid or ashamed to talk about yourself and your own experiences. But I'm wondering if it's always been like that or if it's been difficult as a man to actually open up and, and share about your, your difficulties with mental health or, um, you know, other difficulties that you might have faced. Yeah, it's an extremely, extremely good question. It really is. And I think when it all started, I think that was probably one of the reasons that I had these emotional I mean, look, at the end of the day, everyone's got mental health ups, ups and downs, highs and lows. I mean, People think that you just have bad periods of mental health, uh, and, and and suddenly one day it goes away. It's you know that's a myth. You know everybody on this planet has mental health. You know, so but at the time when I was going through really difficult period in my in my early twenties, I mean, there was a huge stigma around mental health. People weren't really talking about it, and for me, mine was really triggered because I was in very masculine environments. You know, I played sport from a from a young age. I went to boarding school. All of my best mates are huge characters they're all very ambitious they're all very alpha male-esque guys um and you know i was like you said i'm a bit of a boy's boy but you know i, I had a i had a very, very sensitive side and and for me you know 
the feelings I was the feelings I was feeling, you know, I did, I just felt very alone. I you know I I looked at the world in a different in a different lens, um, and I and I felt very trapped by by the the parameters of the society and and the upbringing that, that I that I lived in, and and at that time it didn't look like there was any change. So I, I would like to say that you know. I kind of hit rock bottom at some point. Uh, at one point, I, I basically had been in the job for a couple of years and I, I really was deeply, deeply unhappy. And it kind of, I had a moment when I was with my parents in my, in my, in my, in my lowest moment. And I, and I was completely speechless. I, I'd literally been going 12 rounds every day with myself, beating myself to a mental pulp. And, and, you know, everyone thinks that, you know, mental breakdown, you go hysterical, some people may, but some people, in my case, I literally had nothing to say. And, and it was frightening. I was sitting there with two people that love me more than anyone in the world. And I, and I couldn't physically utter a word because I, I had just been for such a prolonged period, all of these, all of these issues that were going around my head, you know, am I good enough? Am I intelligent enough? Am I masculine enough? You know, which is hugely prevalent in, 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 you know, especially young males. I mean, it's a huge issue now. Like you see it all over the news. Um, I, I, I couldn't physically utter a word and it, it was frightening. Um, and at that point, you know, I've been surrounded by so many great people, you know, my parents um, and, and all my friends. This, um, I, 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 going through this experience, I I'd formed a sort of emotional intelligence that, I, I've taken forward with me to this day. And, I, and at that point, after going, you know, completely silent, not being able to utter a word, I, I just thought, I, I can't carry on like this. You know, I, I can't, it, just, it just can't happen. So regardless of whether there's a stigma around all this or, or whether my mates will view me differently or, you know, my girlfriend will think that I'm a weakling, you know, I've got to sort this out because if I don't sort this out, you know, I'm in a really sticky spot here. I'm 24 years old. God knows what direction I'm, I'm going to be in. So at that point, I, I, I went and I, and I reached out to somebody. I, I went to speak to a, a psychotherapist, and, and you know, which at the time it was, it was, you know, it was only five years ago. It's very, very hush hush. Um, you know, I didn't go around yelling about it, and and that was the really the the, the, the moment that it it really made like my life. My life really changed. Um, and like you said, yeah, I mean, I'm very, I'll speak today and I'm speaking now about how open I am about mental health and, and almost just bringing it into some sort of normality and making other people feel comfortable about it, comfortable about it. And, and more than anything, I know it sounds really bizarre now, but the fact that I've got, I went through that period and, you know, I'm, you know, I still have highs and lows. I'm so grateful for it in a way because it's rubbed off into so many other areas of my life where which means i can i can bring that emotional intelligence into other people's lives and and make their make their journeys better and 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 help them i'm not a look i'm not claiming i'm a i'm a, I'm a therapist or any i don't have any degrees or anything like that but i do have the ability to make other people feel happy and feel good about themselves like you you've been in my gym you know that's what i it's what i love to do I, i'm passionate about making people feel good um and that's not through a manipulative sense 
I, I, I just generally care about other people. And I think going through these experiences has enabled me to have the emotional intelligence to, to, to do that. I can vouch for the, the wanting to make people happy and making people happy. But as I said, I, I wanted you on to the, to the podcast because while that is your kind of modus operandi, you still are honest, you still are authentic, you still are willing to share with others that actually it's okay if you're not okay. Because you had to go through that, you know, in your mid-20s, which as a 24-year-old guy would have been really challenging. And as you said, I mean, five years ago, even therapy was hush-hush. And only, I would say only now in the last year with COVID and us being in lockdown, people are accessing therapy more than I have ever experienced in the decade I've been in practice. I don't have enough hours in the day for the amount of people that are contacting me and my colleagues don't have any space. And it's just unprecedented what's taking place within the mental health space. So five years ago, when you were going to see a therapist, that was something that was almost not shameful, but really just hidden, really just a little bit more secretive. And I think that if we look at the intersection, the gendered intersection between men and women, women tend to connect with their emotional headspace more and open up about it more, whereas men tend to shut it down more and ignore it more. And I wondered, you know, what was it like for you when you started sharing with your friends, if you did, and when you did, I suppose, that actually you weren't okay and that you did need, you know, mental health support? Uh, it's a good point. In all honesty, the second I, I mean, the first session I had with this, this psychotherapist, I, it had been bottled up for so long that when I started speaking, I just completely broke down. I, I didn't even expect that to happen. You know, like with my rents, before I had this session, I was silent. But when I started speaking to this guy, it just flew up. And with me, like, I'm a very passionate, energetic, fun, loving person. And because I saw the value and, and, and what simply speaking about it did to me, it was like, literally, like, I, before it, I'd be in the shower and I would be, the second I woke up, beating the crap out of myself mentally, which is so exhausting. Like it's for anyone that has been through it or is going through it, it is exhausting. Like it really, really is. You get to three o'clock in the afternoon, and having gone twelve rounds of yourself since you secondly woken up, you have, you barely have anything left in the tank, which means you have to then go deeper and dry that energy up. And especially for me, who comes in at a million miles an hour and even when I was going through these periods, I was still a million miles an hour. Nobody knew that I was feeling like this, okay? Nobody knew that I was feeling like this. So the, the more I beat myself up, the more I had to dig deep to generate the energy. To, you know, once I'd had this conversation with him, I felt like my, my brain space was like, oh my God, like my creativity is back, you know? I'm thinking way, like I'm actually thinking about how I can improve my life. And... I was able to speak about it with my mates because I realised the benefit in speaking to a stranger, you know, I, you know, these guys aren't my brothers. Regardless if they take the piss out of you or whatever, you know, if a friend is a friend, you know, it doesn't matter how matchy they are. Once, once you start speaking about these things, you, you should be able to feel free to speak to your friends because I can guarantee you, like, they will be understanding. If they're not, they're just not a friend. And, and two, I can guarantee that, that they have similar thoughts. They are. It's, it's like, you know, it, it, there's so many similarities between people that there's just absolutely no way that 
the, the individuals think positively all the time. So expressing that, you know, it, it, it's like, it's contagious. So, you know, I speak to my mates now, now, five years down the line, I will speak to all of my mates and I will check in with them, see how they're doing. And we will have an honest conversation and, and only positive things come from that. So it's taken time over the last five, six years. But what's great to see is this is now, a, it's, it's a proper thing. Like, you, know, you know, you see it everywhere, all over social media. You, you know, there's constant campaigns about people speaking. And, and, the, and that really, for me, just came from the second I had that first conversation. And it was like, it just, it was contagious after that. And, it, and, it, and it's just getting better and better. So yeah, it really was just that initial conversation. Uh, I'm a very emotional character, so I can really keep it in any longer after I finally got it out. So yeah, long way of answering your question, but but that's really, that that was the step for me. It it brings to mind the, the, the term, uh, the term, the saying safety in numbers, you know, we yeah. we think that by holding on to our emotional our emotional distress and keeping it in we'll be better off and others around us will be better off but actually mm-hmm. and as you've just pointed out there is such power in expression and I, I read a lovely line in a book the other day that said depression happens when there's no expression mm-hmm. and it was so it was such a powerful line for me to read because of experiencing depression myself and experiencing anxiety myself that realizing, Oh no, actually held on to that belief for so long. You know, the story I'm telling myself is other people will be burdened with my mental health stuff. You know, I don't want to dump that on anybody. I don't want to bother anybody or anybody to worry about me. And yet when we do share it, when we do say we're actually not okay, there's such power in that because not only does it normalize your experience because others will often say me too, or they might say, you know, it's horrible to hear you going through this. But as you say, you also learn who your friends are because your friends are the ones or your your loved ones are the ones who go, I hate knowing you're not okay. What can I do? How can I be there for you? How could I support you? And that makes, you know, a huge difference. But it really, you know, you really took a a huge leap of faith and you were really courageous in sharing it with, with your friends because there is this kind of notion for men around just get on with it, you know. And I actually don't even think that's just for men. A lot of a lot of the the clients I I speak to, women, have grown up in a household where it's like, oh, sweep it under the rug, just get on with it. I think we don't get given enough permission around our mental health space to talk about it when we're not okay. And I mean, shit, everyone's not okay at the moment. No one's okay at the moment. You know, with what's been happening in the last year, everybody is just off balance entirely, and we've got to acknowledge it. So. It's funny when people ask me, you know, how are you? It's such an automatic thing, right? To just be like, oh, I'm good. I'm fine. How are you? My standard response is, yeah, I'm okay. Thanks. And people say, oh, just okay. And or they'll just leave it. And when they say just okay, I say, yeah, it's been a pretty tough year, actually. And that's the reality of it. Why do we constantly have to, oh, I'm fine. Thanks. How are you? It's such a reflexive thing. But obviously, we choose our space and our people and our time appropriately. So I guess... With you, obviously, this is a sex podcast, so we need to talk about sex, and <laughs> obviously, so I want to know a little bit about how those mental health difficulties may have, you know, you spoke a lot about self-esteem. How did that impact you sexually as a guy, as a young guy? You're in your quote-unquote sexual prime, which I don't necessarily believe in, but you're, you're you know, a, a, a young guy in his 20s. What happened to you sexually during that period? 
Yeah, it's, it's very, very interesting, actually. When we spoke about this last time, I, actually, I never thought about it before. And, and, and I haven't actually thought about it since that conversation is bringing it back. But when I was going through those mental health periods, you know, obviously there was a level of insecure, huge level of insecurity. I was with a girl at the time who I was with for a long time and I was hugely insecure during that time. And my sex drive was, was, was accelerated. I had a humongous sex drive. Like, you know, I, I was craving that as part of, of feeling secure because I wasn't happy with where I was in everything else. So that was the way I kind of got security and kind of had a, it was almost like a purpose. Do you, do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? It was like, a, it was like that. Give me fulfillment. It was like a fulfillment thing. And it was funny, like, when, when I started really sorting my stuff out, like, in terms of, you know, so I made that huge leap. I mean, things happened very quickly for me, really quickly. I mean, the second I kind of had that moment, um, I started, my mindset shifted. So, you know, I started putting myself out there. I started, you know, having conversations with, with therapists, you know, approaching life in a different way, seeing, the, you know, my, 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 I went from a you know, fixed mindset to a, to a huge growth mindset. So I'm, I'm sure you touched on this kind of stuff in the podcast before, but a you know, fixed mindset is, you know, someone that believes that their, their skills are innate and they, and they can't develop them. Um, where a growth mindset is, you know, the world's your oyster, essentially. You can, you can, uh, you can pick your direction. You have control of, of learning and growing in your environment and, and with the people around you. So, you know, for me, that's, that was the journey. It started at that point. And, and then I obviously started the podcast. Um, I, I was getting fulfillment like elsewhere, you know, it didn't become such a, a drive for me. Um, I was, you know, I, I broke up with that girl. Um, I, cause I was so absorbed in everything that was going on around me. And, you know, obviously with the, with, with the podcast, I, I, I met uh, <laughs> a funny story of this. I, I actually went to, to, to an F45 in Tottenham Court Road to, to meet somebody for a podcast episode. Um, and in the process, I actually met my investor for my, my current two studios in the shower. But, but we, 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 um, we, we met there and, and you know, the, the ball started rolling and, and then it eventually opened the ball gym. The ball started rolling. So, that, know, was, that was, that was the, the term you chose to use in the shower. <laughs> so, I mean, throughout this time, you know, it was, you know, I would go on dates and stuff, and yeah, I was having sex and all this kind of stuff. But it wasn't, it wasn't the be all and end all. But it, but it was a nice, it was a healthy balance. You know, didn't I didn't have a girlfriend. Um, anyway, as the kind of gyms opened, and you know, I started getting into a few relationships here and there, not not full blown relationships, like you know, seeing someone for a long period of time. And and it was funny in that time period. Obviously, you were there. You saw how 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 hard we were working. You know, I was in these gyms from. You know, half, I was in up at half five every day and I'll be at home at half nine doing the same thing over and over and over again. And, and I, the girls, they were great. You know, but what happened to me is my, my sex drive about three months in completely fell off. I, I had literally nothing. I, I wasn't interested. I was probably in prime physical condition of my life. I was honestly, I've never been that lean in my life. I looked great. I, I had a great energy on the surface, but I had I had no sex drive, like it was mental, and I kind of had a little bit of a like a, a, a not not a lot. I, I, I didn't crash, but I, I was I would say probably the best term is burnout, probably at that point. 
I, you know, I was super stressed with the business. I was exhausted. I went to actually go back to the psychotherapist and I was like, I was like, I don't understand. I'm, I've got everything I've wanted. Like I'm doing, I'm, I'm owning a business with my best mate. I get to be with people all day, every day, which I love. I love health and fitness. I'm getting attention at Fine Center from, from great looking girls and, and everything's great. But why am I, I just feel like I'm unhappy. Like what's happening? And, he, and this has hit me. The words he said to me next, which I've about to say, hit me and so hard that I'll never forget. And he goes, hey, what you must understand is that the feelings of exhaustion and depression are remarkably similar. It's, it's, if you think about it, you know, it, it makes so much sense. Like, you know, they're two different things, but because I was just so exhausted, like it, this, the impact that sleep and not looking after yourself, burning the candle at both ends, it can make you feel like you can't think straight. You have no clarity, you, you know, which it, in a lot of ways is so similar to the feelings of depression. With depression, you know, you, you, are, you can't think, there's no clarity, you can't, you, you, you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. So obviously two separate things, but, and you can deal with them in separate ways, but, but the feelings are very, very similar. So I think that for me was a massive, massive lesson. Um, you know, it, in terms of sex drive, you know, it's important to have balance. You, you need to have some kind of balance. You can't, you can't, yeah, you, you can't, if you're working super hard, it's, it's totally understandable that it does fall off. And, and just kind of be conscious of it, most probably. Um, I think that's probably the best way to describe it. And it's something I have been conscious of. Um, and then, you know, as, as it developed, I kind of, I, I had one relationship, it, it was fine, it was all good. But it was for the last, you know, for that kind of period, first 18 months, uh, you know, I struggled. I struggled with sex drive quite, quite, a, quite a decent amount because I was just, I was exhausted. I really was. I, I was getting my, a lot of my fulfillment elsewhere. And, that kind of that you know that balance it, it, it was it was a strange time for me in terms of my sexual life um I, it didn't work out with that girl um and to be honest i just needed a little bit of growing up in, in that time you know i was frantic i really was I was throwing everything in life like and you just can't sustain that pace you just can't you can't it's, it's so hard to keep going at that energy level and try and sustain a, a loving relationship um uh, but then again, once, you know, another point on this, I, I think is, you know, as you grow up, you, you kind of, you kind of really find the person that you should be with. It's, it's like a job, right? And that sounds ridiculous, but you, you, you go through so many jobs and you kind of figure out what you do like and what you don't like about them. And, you know, I, I, I have a girlfriend now and I've been with her for a year and, you know, I'm sure you've heard the term the ick. You know, I, I, it's, it's, with my mates always tell you this, it's like six months in, Hayden gets the ick. Because um, I throw myself like I do into a lot of things and I like, go massively into it and then realise, oh, actually, this person doesn't quite fit. Like, it's not, it's not a great fit. So like a job, um, you know, I feel like over time, you kind of work out really the things that you want in a relationship. And... I'm not saying I've got it perfect. I don't think any relationship is perfect, obviously, but you know, I, I'm with a girl now who I absolutely adore. She gets me inside and out. 
and and it you know it's been over a year now and you know sex life's great and and, and um you know should we really get each other for who we are so yeah it's it's been a very interesting sexual in terms of my sexual history over the last you know six years in terms of you know where your headspace is it's so connected for me uh, and i'm sure you're about to tell me it is for everybody else <laughs> this is like a free therapy session no i'm kidding so it's 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 fascinating you know you speak about like a job i i have often joked in the past that finding a partner is a little bit like finding a home you know to buy you know negotiables yeah. and non-negotiables but the question that i often ask clients is not what type of partner are you looking for but i ask clients what type of relationship are you looking for because you can want a partner who's funny and intellectual and you know blue-eyed blonde-haired 5 foot 8 what whatever you can have all the specs like your job specs like your house specs of this partner but that doesn't mean you're going to yield a satisfying and healthy relationship so for me the question is what kind of relationship do you want do you want a relationship where there's the space for vulnerability and there's mutual trust and engagement. It's playful. It's fun. You know, all the different elements, like you were talking about the job spec that I speak in relation to finding the right house with your negotiables and non-negotiables. So for me, very, very long time ago, when I met my now husband, I was very interested in finding a relationship that allowed me some freedom to be myself because that's really important to me. And I have a, I've had for a long time, I'm not like this anymore, but I've had a big fear of losing myself in the relationship with a partner, which has happened in previous relationships. So being aware that my non-negotiable was having some freedom, being able to be myself. And as you know, when we met, I was living in the UK and my partner was back in South Africa and we were commuting whenever we could to see each other. That really gave it to me. But again, it's that figuring out what's important to you in the dynamic of the relationship that is going to make the biggest difference to, to the dynamic overall. And in couples therapy, or in individual therapy, when I've got somebody coming to see me and they say to me, you know, I'm really not interested in sex, I have no interest in it. Obviously, I need to assess medically if there's anything going on, if you're on any medication that could be leading to this, like an antidepressant or high blood pressure medication, different kind of um, medical conditions that could be resulting in this. But I can tell you that about eight times out of 10, there's a psychological cause for it. And that psychological cause the biggest one I see is stress and burnout. It's fucking massive. Mm. And that's the first time I've sworn on my podcast. I've really felt like I'm letting loose now, right? Get it out of Get into it. Yes, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> so that is massive, right? But then the second biggest one is relationship dynamics. So usually if there's a is an unhealthy or unhappy dynamic between two people, there's going to be a decrease and drop in desire. But the, the, the point I really want to make is about context and how crucial context is when it comes to desire and arousal sexually. Because you were speaking there about, you know, really, really experiencing bad depression and then at a later stage experiencing really bad burnout and actually not being able to recognize that they could look the same and feel the same. But from a contextual point of view, why on earth is your body and your brain going to put energy into being sexual when it's had all its energy zapped from it for other purposes? You know, just trying to get through the day because you are really depressed 
or just trying to give, you know, 110% to everything that you're doing in your life. I mean, when I met you, it's like the Energizer Bunny. I've never met somebody who was, who was, you know, engaged so much with what they were doing and was so dedicated to everything. And it's the reason that you and Tristan have been so successful with your gyms is because you are 110% in. But it's interesting to hear your reflections on it about how that did impact you and you weren't able necessarily to connect the dots around it at the time. And yet now you're speaking about being in a really great relationship with somebody that you really respect and you really have fun with and how your sex life is really great because actually the context is right. The dynamic between you is good. I hope you're not burning the candle at both ends. So it's not leading to burnout and exhaustion. So it, it, it really is telling and it's a great example to hear from a real person rather than just me on the other end of a podcast as a therapist saying actually when I'm not okay, my sex life is not okay. That is quite normal. That's actually expected. You can't expect me to be 100% in every single area when I'm depleted in a lot of, my, in a lot of the parts of me. And of course, there are some people that want to go towards sex when they're feeling stressed, but it becomes an outlet to release stress rather than a place for connection and closeness and pleasure and intimacy and so on. So it's really fascinating hearing your, your experience of that. And was that a situation or experience you were sharing with your friends as well, or was it just on the mental health track? Just, you know, I don't, males are, well, in my experience anyway, we're very sort of, I don't really speak to my mates about sex. No, not really. Just the fact they're having it, really. I think that's the that's the that's the, that's the main that's the main thing that, that, that we discuss. I mean, guys don't, in, in my, like in my opinion, don't. I, I no, I, I don't. I, I have very limited contact about speaking about any of that kind of stuff in detail. Um, so no, not, not particularly. In all honesty. So obviously, guys don't discuss it as much. And you kind of really embraced sharing around your mental health. So why is it? Why is it? I mean, guys will, I mean, this is what women hear, right? Guys will brag about their sexual experiences, but it's very rare that something like I featured two wonderful guys at the start of my, of my podcast um, from Mojo Men, Angus and Zonda, and they're cousins. And one day in the car, Angus said to Zonda, I can't get it up out of the blue. Like he just decided I'm going for this. And he, Zonda went dead silent. And Angus was thinking to himself, shit, let me jump out the car. Like I'm done. And Zonda turned to him and went, <laughs> neither can I. And it was like this profound moment of normalizing their experiences that they were having as, you know, men in their late twenties. So I just wonder what is it that stops you talking to your friends about this? What holds you back? It's funny. I mean, like, if now I think about it, obviously the, the stories go around. Um, but I don't know. It's 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 a, it's a very good question. It's a very obviously you speak about it, but it's not nothing that I don't know. It's it's it's, it's a very good question. I've never really thought about it. My, my my friendship group is is very kind of like I said, very very out um, You know. Mental health, talking about how they're feeling, is very much linked to their work life. Um, it's very much linked to family, relationships, not so much. 
Well, sometimes, sometimes relationships, but it's never really about the sexual side of stuff. It, like in my, like from everything, from the experience of my mates, it, it, the reason they end relationships is never particularly to do with with the sex life, and they never said it to me. Um, it, it's more around you know everything that that's going wrong with everything else. You know, they're like it's not a good fit or you know, something along those lines. But it's, ne it's never like sex life. Maybe it is. Maybe that is a, is a contributing factor to a lot of the reason why my, my, my mates and, and, and mine haven't lasted. Um, but, but, you know, it's never, it's never to be honest, to be honest, been, been vocalised. I've never, I personally have never sat down with my mates and, and, and had a good discussion about sex life in full detail. Um, and if they're having any sexual difficulties. So, you know, maybe that is, that's another development within the sort of mental health space that, that will, will carry on to grow. And it's, you know, obviously, like you said, guys are having that conversation. It's not that I would be against having those conversations. I love, you know what I'm like, I, I love having open and fun and, and, you know, very expressive conversations. I just, I... I, I don't have an answer to, to why those developments in the conversation in my mates have, have never really occurred. I mean, I, I can give you some answers as to why, because of what I hear from clients and what, you know, having tried to run men's workshops in the past, there's a lot of, of shame associated to not functioning sexually or not being a sexual man that you're expected to be or that that someone hopes you are there's a lot of shame there's a lot of rejection there's a lot of feelings of inadequacy around it and I'm not obviously saying you should go and have deep discussions with your guy friends about this because if you're in a relationship you don't want to cheapen the emotional and sexual intimacy between two people by sharing it with others you want to be sharing that with your partner but I guess the real the real thought is around well if you're not okay are you able to get just you know a support supportive moment from a friend and saying you know sorry to hear that if you need anything shout or me too or you know it's okay right now if you're going through difficulties you're having a tough time you're burnt out you know you're struggling with anxiety whatever it is there's there's so much power in that obviously but I think it's a it's ground that we are all so tentative to traverse we are all so cautious in the way that we step into it because there is such immense fear of rejection and feeling inadequate in comparison to others so anyway just wanted to kind of leave you with it as a thought yeah. so. i might land a couple of uh questions in there and see what reaction i get oh yeah i mean you know feedback that would be super awesome and i'd be really interested to hear oh, what comes back yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, finally, when I can get back to London, I'll pop into the gym and I'll do a focus group. How does that sound? That is a great idea. Tell you what, that, do you know, I'm thinking of things to do for my team. My, my, so we're growing our teams out. And I'm thinking of doing a keynote because we're, we're, we're going to be hopefully opening two more studios in the next six months. Amazing. So, Congrats. Quarterly sort of like, keynote speakers or somebody come in and, and I would love to throw some questions out there, see what reactions get to them. So maybe we'll talk about that. I think we should talk about that once this, this episode is over, we can have a little chat 
about the possibilities of me making all of your team really uncomfortable. Yes, I love it. You've got to get, you've got to get comfortable being uncomfortable, I always say. Absolutely. Lean into the vulnerability, as Brene Brown says. So, Hayden, I mean, you, you've shared so much about your own mental health and your own sexual difficulties in relation to that mental space that you were in. What, what's what been really surprising for you, um, you know, to learn through this journey and, and through the experience of, of overcoming those mental health and sexual health difficulties? The, the more that you're comfortable being open and, and almost vulnerable in, in, in communicating the way you're feeling and just not being ashamed of it at all. You know, just not being, the more, the more, the, the less shameful you are of it, the more, the more confidence that you build to, to make it a, a habit. Um, because, I mean, I'm so open at periods like and and all that does is make other people feel com- more comfortable. I know it's weird, but it does. You think it'd be the other way around. You think the more you keep to yourself, the more comfortable somebody would be. And you know, be comfortable being uncomfortable. And 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 by expressing yourself, it, it may it may feel uncomfortable the first couple of times, but after that, you know, the dimensions of your mind change towards this kind of stuff, and it rolls over into so many other things. The more you speak about this kind of stuff. You know, like, you know, getting those thoughts out of your head, it frees up so much more creativity. It frees up so much more, you know, you, you, from in my, my standpoint, the more I'm open about things and the more I communicate, like with work, with Tristan, with, you know, whatever it may be, with my, with my, with my girlfriend, with my family, the more passion I get for life, the more, the more, the more momentum I get, just getting it out, like, you know, it, like it doesn't matter. Like it just, it just doesn't matter. Like get it out, get it out because you know there is no, there's no benefit of keeping it in. I, I, unless you can tell me otherwise, there is no benefit of keeping it in. You know, get it out, get talking about it because the more you're able to communicate this stuff and make it and be comfortable with communicating it, the more t- more headspace you have to do other great things in your life. So I think that's something that should be i mean it's hard i think it's hard for people to understand that until they start doing it um and making it a habit um but once you start like it's kind of no turning back so that's probably the thing that that's from when i first started on this journey um that's the thing that's probably surprised me the most yeah i i want to like wrap it up with a brene brown quote which is one of my absolute favorites she says you can choose courage or you can choose comfort but you cannot choose both and I think that mm. that's exactly what you're saying. So you're opening two new gyms. That's mental. I'm so excited for you. So f- you're going to have four F45 gyms in London. You're, you're, you're kind of changing, changing direction a little bit with your podcast, which is going to be absolutely unreal. I can't wait to listen to it. I, I, I've listened to the episode where you interviewed your dad, and it was just such a fascinating and natural conversation which I mean we would assume it would be but it's just really really interesting to hear about his accomplishments and achievements what what a guy um so I guess for me it's about wanting people to engage with you through the podcast or come and visit you at the gym is there anywhere else that people can get hold of you on if they want to chat more if they want to share more yeah I mean I mean I'm I'm 
I'm less active on social media. I think that's probably my downfall. Um, oh, I'm envious of you. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm, 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 I've got a strange relationship with social media. I, I struggle with it, being on it all the time. I just, for me, it doesn't have a, a beneficial, um, you know, it's not particularly beneficial for, 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 for me in a lot of ways. But please reach out. I am on there. So Hayden.Elliot. Um, I, my email address uh, for the podcast is Hayden at the inspiration.space. Always feel free to send me an email. Um, but I think, you know, if you can, I mean, it's a little bit hard depending on where you're listening. I think the best place to really catch me is in one of the gyms. You know, it's kind of where I'm in my element. And then, you know, I love to meet people's face to face. Uh, and yeah, those are, those are the three. Yeah, F45 was circus and F45 survey for the time being. Um, please come down and do a session. Uh, but those are really the, the main places. And, and yeah, obviously tune into any of the podcasts if you guys fancy listening to some of the good ones. But those, but that's that, that, those are really the, the channels to reach me if, if you so desire. I, I can vouch for going down to F45. Let, let Hayden kick your ass and then go and disclose and share with him about the difficulties that you're facing and let him kind of normalize and help you through that. Be, it's like, it's like uh, you get, you get, what's it? You get uh, two for the price of one. <laughs> it's so good to talk to you, Hayden. I'm sure, I hope we will do it again in the future. Good luck with the opening of the gyms and uh, I hope you're coming out of lockdown ASAP. Thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate it. This episode was sponsored by Desir. Desir believes that sexual health is not just about the latest sex toy, but about using products to improve one's overall sexual health and well-being. For 15% off, use the code FORAFRIEND. And if you enjoyed this episode, why not subscribe to this podcast and continue learning about some incredible and fascinating topics that we need to know more and talk more about. You can subscribe and follow this podcast on your favorite platform. And if you've enjoyed this episode, I'd be grateful if you would rate and review it. Do you have a question you'd like to ask for a friend? Reach out to me via my website or Instagram, and I'll be sure to include it in an upcoming episode.